You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. We are live with Mornings of Lone Star, broadcasting live from the Lone Star Community Radio Studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. Today is March the 21st. It is a beautiful day here in Conroe, Texas. We'll get to the weather here in a moment, but I uh, just want to say welcome. We are broadcasting live on our Facebook channel, IRLoneStar.com slash MWLoneStar for all the connections and how to listen. And then we're also on our YouTube channel and then Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. Don't forget, we have a special guest at 9.30 today. If you're interested in uh, a person who does his own podcast, business-wise, it's a business-themed podcast, and he's also a wealth advisor, we have Daniel Goodwin. He's going to be in the studio at 9.30 a.m. this morning. So if you have questions for him, feel free to chat him up on our chat options on our live feeds. So, uh, And I'll try to juggle those today. Uh, let's move on a little bit to the weather for Conroe in Montgomery County. It is 53 degrees outside. 76 degrees is going to be the high, and the low is going to be 48. It's going to be sunny the entire day. It's going to be beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Uh, looking at your weekend forecast, it's going to be going and changing a lot because we expected rain all day Saturday and Sunday, but what it looks like right now is Saturday is just going to be mostly cloudy with a 15 to 20% chance of rain, and then the Sunday the rain is going to be coming our way in the afternoon right now. That's what it looks like. So no telling what really is going to happen. But, uh, yeah, moving on. If you missed yesterday's episode, please check it out at IRLoneStar.com. It was a fun, full of several different topics, which, by the way, influenced one of our listeners, uh, Jay Stittleberg, uh, to come on our show yet. He said he listened. And he, He's coming back. He wants to come back. Did I get you? There we go. There we go. Is he coming back? Awesome. Yeah, he's coming back. I probably need to put our, our camera on, don't I? Yeah, there we go. Change that one. But yeah, so he wants to come in next week, so uh, keep an eye out on our calendar, on our Facebook event page, and see when we're coming back live. And we are going to be here tomorrow. I do know that. Tomorrow is going to be a fun show. And uh, who's our guest tomorrow? Uh, the president, right? Yeah. Of the United States <laughs> for 2020? Pepe. I really hope it's Pepe. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we've been saying it incorrectly. If yeah, we've been... J- James uh, Pepe, Pepe. 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 I, I don't know. But yeah, so we're, we're going to have him in the studio tomorrow, I believe around 10 o'clock. So if you have questions for the future president of the United States, he lives in Montgomery. He's running for office. This is a real deal, folks. This isn't this isn't a joke. So he really is running for the Republican ticket. And uh, we have Dan in the studio. But uh, yeah, so again, if you have questions for Dan, we're on Facebook Live and YouTube Live. And then, uh, yeah, moving on, uh, that's going to be around 9.30, Dan. So if you just want to jump in at any point to talk about what we're talking about, because Sean usually has a couple headlines we like to go over. And, Sean, uh, hit me up. What do you want? What do you want to talk about? I'm a little bummed because, remember, yesterday we talked about the news flash came that the uh, Deer Park fire was out at ITC, and I hope that, you know, it was out, out, and didn't flash back up. Well, it flashed back up. So I'm not going to lie. Yesterday when you were telling me all about it and listened, and so I, that's, that's cool. I didn't really understand what you were talking about. I was like, oh, another fire, big deal. Just because the fire's out doesn't necessarily mean it's, so it's is out, this, out. Is this at a chemical plant? Yeah. So a chemical plant caught on fire, mm-hmm. and now people are freaking out because when chemicals burn, something goes into the atmosphere that could potentially kill everybody. 
Yeah, do you so know now, what the uh, you know what the second biggest killer in a in a house fire or office fire is? Your face. <laughs> so the big biggest killer is asphyxiation because the fire sucks up. The oh, okay. And people think smoke inhalation. No, smoke inhalation is number two. Uh, number three. Number two is the burning of, of fabrics and materials causes uh, can create cyanide. Really? And, and so it's actual, like, cyanide poisoning, Ooh. toxic poisoning. So, but this is at a plant, though. Everyone's gone, right? Everyone left the plant. Yeah, but the, the, the smoke from the fire... Is that thick. Is, that, is hitting I saw they're closing, school, they're closing schools <clears throat> and yeah, stuff. Yeah, 225 is so, shut down. <clears throat> can, you imagine, can you imagine that one poor soul who's, like, in the morning, just kind of doing his normal morning routine, and he's sweeping the front porch and stuff, and he's like, I can't really breathe. Is that, has anyone passed away due to this? Uh, no, no, there are, there have been no deaths. Um, oh, so we're actually doing something right as an emergency routine? We're actually informing people to leave and... Yes, okay. well, yeah, well, that's one thing. There's been a... Um, uh, are, you texting, ah! are you texting somebody? Right no, now? no, no, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm about getting rid of someone's name, uh, try, trying to call up someone's name so I can back up a point. But no, so there's a shelter in place going down. Schools have okay. been closed. Now there's benzene. Uh, they're, they're monitoring the benzene levels in the air because that's what the biggest concern is. Uh, so far, so good. Uh, now the new Harris County judge who replaced uh, Ed Emmett is uh, currently Lena Hildalgo. Oh, yeah, the young lady. Yeah, who like is... Well, this is a good way to throw her, throw her in the deep end, right? Well, yeah, this is a this is a part of that that wave that hit Harris County politics, where a lot of uh, judicial appointments yeah, and stuff yeah. did just. Uh, well, everyone hates too. Republicans, so it's understandable. <laughs> well, this is uh, Ed Emmett was well known, who's a former uh, Harris County judge, is well known for being a, a calm voice of reason. You know, when Hurricane well, Trish, uh, he's the one that invented hunker down. I and, remember seeing a lot of positive things about him, and then yeah. basically when he didn't win, people were like, "Oh, we're doomed." Well, we're not doomed yet, but this is interesting because uh, Lena Hidalgo had a press conference yesterday or day before where she had, like, saying three things in a row that reporters are going, actually, no, that's not true. And she, she came out woefully unprepared. So oh, this, oh, goes, yeah. First time on this goes beyond party lines. Just be, you know, if you're going to have you a press conference. You always say that, but we know what you no, mean. No, it's true. Uh, she, I don't care if she's Republican or Democrat. You're going to go out and do a press well, conference. Well, no one's died, so you can't blame her for about. anything. You can't blame her on the fire. No one blame her on the... Yeah, you can't. Yeah, it looks sounds like you want to. Happen on, no, yeah. absolutely not. Yeah. I, I miss, personally, I miss Ed Emmett. Has it ever happened in politics where what? someone creates, like, a fiasco and it's like, this is to bump my numbers? Yeah, did you have, did you, haven't you ever heard of the phrase, wag the dog? Yeah. There's also a movie about Yeah, it. with Dennis Dustin Hoffman. And the, oh, yeah. There are those that think that the entire Iraq war were... Uh, the bump numbers? numbers? Yeah, Bush's numbers. Really? Yeah. Oh. That sounds like it's something Dick Cheney would do, though, wouldn't it? Is that Dick Cheney, or are you talking about the Bush senior? Well, we... We, we were Iraq, like, several times. Or, yeah, Iraq was Bush HW. Yeah, but we were Iraq before that, weren't we? No. Where did senior Bush go? Bush See, see. Oh, Mike! Yeah, I'll turn your mic on. Go for it. No, no, Bush Dan, Senior. Dan, Dan is on the studio or on the air with us. Just to get good morning. Hello. Morning. Hello. So, Bush so, Senior is it Bush took Senior? us to Iraq the first time. Yes. So, hey, so I wasn't George wrong. Herbert they Walker. both went to Iraq. Well, not personally, but yeah, we were involved. <laughs> well, they took with the, the country war. with weapons to Iraq. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. The Iraq War One started with Bush Senior, okay. and it's sort of been fizzling out under Obama Trump. Era. It really elevated under Junior, though, and at yeah. the time we went in, he had unanimous, overwhelming support to mm -hmm. go in at that time. But you know what? Everybody grows weary when you see American boys coming home and, and 
Oh, it's the can Vietnam you, effect. Can you imagine exactly. Bush Jr. being a dictator? Nope. I don't imagine him being a dictator. We don't have the vehicle to have a dictator in the co- in this country. Maybe. You say that now. No, even a and this has been proven. You ever recently. seen the siege? You ever seen the siege? Yeah, I remember because they then. had to change That's the a true story, on. right? But let me tell you, I mean, there's calls to rewrite the Constitution. There's calls to do away with the electoral yeah, college. Yeah, what are you talking you know about? What? It can I mean, change. Hey, Sean. so uh, there's a big segment of the population that says, "Hey, this this Constitution was written a long time ago by a bunch of crusty old white guys, and it's things are different now." Well, the only need, thing that's been proven is we that need to redo they're, it. All. They're white. That's huh? the only thing that's been proven. That they're white? Say, you can't say crusty. That's not been proven. <laughs> Old white guys. So uh, how popular is that right now? Not very popular. <laughs> I think. I feel fine. No one's really said anything said negative to me. Said three white guys. Well, no, no one's, no <laughs> one's approached now. me and called one. me crusty and white. Yeah. So get off my line, So far, so good. Kids. But we are hearing in the news today, get rid of the Electoral College. We're hearing in the news today that the Constitution uh, served a different time and place and purpose. Yeah. I mean, Beto. Can we, can we talk political stuff? Yeah, we can do I whatever know. we I mean, want. I don't want to get bounced out no, of here. I mean, <laughs> unless you want to promote something before we get into it. That way I mean, actually... I just showed up. And well, just, uh... you know what? A lot of people, when they say things like this, I always feel like, oh, you're you, you're on Twitter, aren't you? That's what I feel like. Because a lot of the things come from Twitter. I think what's scary is when somebody takes the video, films the person saying it, and then they post it to everything, and that's when it gets kind of like it comes out After of After it's clipped and yeah, edited. Yeah, it and... comes out of the mouth mm-hmm. of the person. Because I know everyone likes to sensationalize videos, and we know we talked about that before in the past examples. My battle cry is context. So, I mean, I don't really know. Every time someone tells me something, someone... I'm interested as, like, a baseball game. And there's different... And, like, the MLB is the main deal. That's the the big show, right? Then we have minor leagues, then we have this. So if we had to say, okay, these these extreme viewpoints are a team what league do they play in when it actually comes to the fundamentals of our government because i can see always there's always one person on the soapbox at the corner going you know the end is near well the fringe on either side those are the ones that get the headlines do you really i don't really believe they have a lot there is a global movement pardon the pun for the flat earth society no No, absolutely i I don't either it's like on facebook when you scroll down i'm gonna say yes now because we can't all agree on this Uh, there we go it's like I, I'll scroll down my Facebook feed and I'll see the latest trend is really gross and it's like dyed nose hairs on women or, or hairy nails. I'm like, OMG, the, the biggest trend ever. And it's not. This is one person putting that out there to, as, a, as a gag, as a joke, but the, the many news outlets just grab it and run with it going, this is. And usually it's a bad thing. Again, we're talking about the pink slime debacle or a, a, a proper... Uh, Food-related industry was completely destroyed because one reporter decided to get call it pink slime, and and pr- provide a false narrative. I'll, I'll say that. But who gets the airtime? I mean, who who gets those, it's, it's loudest? So maybe loudest you know, most or you know, they find the worst among us, okay, or the most radicalized, right or left, right? Yeah. Put them front and center, and the inference is that this person is representative of you know mainstream and that, that's not true i mean it's it's sensationalism and that's what i mean about the the flat earthers you, you get probably you know i will join the society just so i can get the, the 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 card the membership card but no one thinks the earth is flat uh, who's worth talking about but it's in the news and facebook 24 7 because it's being turned into something that omg 
these people believe that the earth is flat and we're all going to die as a result. And then outlets will try to, to bring it around to the current administration somehow. So I'll, I'll, I'll share with you something as that affects markets because people, because that's our business. We're in financial planning and portfolio management and people try to tie their political views to uh, maybe what's going to happen in the outcome of their investment strategy. And we've gone back, we have a research team that's gone back to 1926 and they've looked at equity rates of return all through Republican administrations, Democratic administrations, and the consensus is that any fair-minded person would see at the end of the day, if you look at the past 100 years, your portfolio really doesn't care who's in office. And truth be known, the equity rates of return have been actually stronger uh, during uh, Democratic uh, uh, reigns. Yeah, and I know that's not a popular topic because I know we're in a red, you know, a red area, but, and there's theories on that, why that goes back and forth, but you know, I think I think our founders, you know, going back to them, I think they created a, a near a near well, per, a near perfect system for us because there's an equilibrium found in all of this this you know yuckiness and angst and oh yeah. all this division. There's there's a there's a synthesis that happens, and you know it's it's like making sausage. It's not always pretty, but uh, well, do you let me ask you two things? Do you think uh, from from history, do you see people focusing more on a Republican president than a Democratic president? In what context? Well, just everything. Like, what consumes the day-to-day life of people? Because I feel like Trump is an outlier on that one because I feel like there's way too much focus on him every day. Yeah. I'm talking about the average person going through their life, they hear about Trump way too much. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes, like, I don't care. But some people are literally leaving CNN on and they're like, can you believe this is happening to this world? And so I'm talking about in the, the history do people always there's always that there's always that group of people in the United States that care about politics and they're focusing 24/7 or is it there's only like only when a democratic president goes in or a republican president No I I think I think it's grown more I think it started um I think Reagan actually started the the media uh, I don't want to say adulation the media um interest uh from presidents there on like Obama was in the news every day too um, but the coverage was was less aggressive. But re- remember, that was because Obama pretty much shut down White House press ho- uh, press conferences. He did not like press conferences, so he rarely I mean, who gave does? one. Well, he rarely gave, he was rarely in the news himself. So the media like can you imagine that being your job, it. the press secretary? Yeah. Where people are like expecting you to know every single little thing. I would, man, I would love that job. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Figure out 58 you can't just different sit ways. Give them all the finger, you know? Yeah. That ain't going to work at that level. Just sit there and find 58 different ways to say, I'll get back to you on that or something. Oh, yeah. I know. Do they I, actually I get the back thing. to him? I don't know. Where's the follow up on those things? Oh, you have to because you have, as obnoxious as someone like Jim Acosta is, you have to be. He, there's a respect. He's digging, well, there's no respect with Jim Acosta anymore. No, but he more keeps of like, you ask me a the, question, I'm going to give you an answer. So, yeah. is the job of the press secretary not no, not necessarily that video clip we always see? It's more of when they get in the video clip, they have the list of questions. Yeah. And then they go, okay, this um, is what I'm doing for the next week. Well, you know, I'm like answering all these questions. Is the press what, secretary has to have the hope that they are asked questions, that the answers are on the sheet in front of them. Um, not knowing what questions because they don't know the questions they're, going they're into, leading right? they're leading questions oh, and yeah. you know 90 93 percent of the documented press on trump's been negative you know despite the com- accomplishments Where'd that he's that had that number come from huh where that number oh pupil hey well, I, mean, me, I believe it i'm not <laughs> doubting that but let me let me take you back a little further kind of we were talking about um um press and, and go back to uh clinton you know wasn't that uh, wasn't the beginning of clinton about where rush limbaugh kind of came in and blew up and you know uh talk radio 
And, and I, think, I think Clinton gave Rush Limbaugh his career because he took this massive negative position about Clinton. And, you know, if, yeah. you, if you felt that way, okay, you're tuning into Rush every day. Rush all of a sudden became this. Kind of like coast to coast. Yeah. With right. Art Bell. Yeah. Well, George Norrie. A, a, a lot of this talk radio stuff was born out of, they say Rush Limbaugh single-handedly saved AM radio, I heard. I mean, I have no idea. I mean, I, I think if you create a, a entity like Rush Limbaugh, you're going to be making some money. So, because people listen to him, it, I, mean, it, I don't know but why. But what what did he have other than the against position yeah. of Bill Clinton? Everything, well, he, every day, he railed on Clinton. Well, listener Brett may, brings up a good point uh, on Facebook. He basically every single day, David Letterman's staff rifled through hours of presidential coverage of George W. Bush to find the most embarrassing items they could find. So I'm thinking, all right, so how much footage is there of the president it's a machine because how much i mean like that seems well, if you have a president who wants footage like the trumps of the world he'll you know he'll make sure he's center of the news every day he every day oh, he, he tweets uh, yeah like, every day he makes sure that he controls the news story a uh, president obama would not a uh, news fan he would have somebody else fan. say it so yeah he would not be there would be very little because uh, think about think about the photographs of obama and i know photographs are incredibly unfair but there was one where he's wearing a traditional African garb, and all of a sudden the meme goes out that he's a ISIS sympathizer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he Obama had RBF, resting bitch face. He, he did you. not. Na- no, Thank it's you just for that image. Well, I'm saying if so many photos of him would be kind of in a frown, but that was just his thing. But people, uh, photographers, take that and run with it. Oh, he's angry about this or that, and it's you just angry. Yeah, he's hangry. Okay. He's hangry I was making sure. But we, I think we, I think we don't trust, you know, the things that we see so much anymore because yeah. you know we've we've all seen the deceit and you know things where uh, an image like that and then a meme's created and then it gets shared, you know, yeah. all around. I think it was more maybe like his uh, bird, Bo Bergdahl trade that made people think that maybe he's more sympathetic, you know, to the uh, other side. Right. And that, that was well, some, see, that, that was stuff that he wouldn't create. Well, when that wasn't a guy picking his nose. That was you know that was the wonkiest frickin' deal or the Iran deal, you know, it's like, okay, how, how could how could you really, like, be, you know, advocating for America with that trade? But, Dick, to go around to your question about, you know, the people care about the Republican or Democrat. Well, I, is, is there attitude change? Is the yeah, country's attitude change? It is now because the, the schism is so great. And well, yeah, I get now. Room. I think out now but, is okay, different. Like, that's let's do a quick uh, thing. Truman, Republican or Democrat? I don't even know who that is. Roosevelt. Democrat. Roosevelt. I won't want to answer. I'm going to. Well, you say which one, Teddy or um, Franklin? No, I have no idea. Franklin was before Teddy, right? Taft. I don't know. I'm not a history. Uh, I'm lost too. uh, (laughs) I know William H. Taft, right? Agnew. I don't know what link. Which one's the guy who showed his junk? No. There was was a president, was LBJ, who got tapes caught. Oh, yeah. Okay, LBJ. Showed his junk. Republican or Democrat? He's a Democrat. Democrat. Yeah, because he followed very good. Okay. uh, Who did Social Security? LBJ? No. Truman. Well, the point is, see, what I'm saying is that people, we don't, looking back in the country. What was Kennedy? He, huh? was, he was a Democrat. Democrat. Yeah, Democrat. But I don't and really. That's why. That's, they're a Democratic That's why Johnson's dynasty. a Democrat because he took over for, for Kennedy. But I, I do know, Reagan, everyone knows Reagan as a Republican. And that's what I'm saying. Pre-Reagan. Was he demonized well, as that? Because huh? of, like, what? Because he was an actor or why? Why was he, like, now people regard him as, like, one of the best Republican presidents? Well, uh, because uh, he followed Carter. We uh, had an, yeah, that's a good point. But we had an economic boom that began under Reagan where he cut taxes. 
according to the art, you know, art, Dr. Art Laffer was his chief e uh, economist, and he came up with the concept called the, it's taught in economic schools today called the Laffer curve, that there's an optimal amount of taxation. Because if you tax 100%, you're not going to get any tax. If you tax zero, you won't get any tax, right? So there's a, he came up with that. Where does 70% fall on that? Actually, let's bring this around to the financial, because I know this is your bailiwick. So, you know, right now you have what? people... His bailiwick? Yeah, yeah, it's like his what forte. I that's what I do. It's it's a, I do what I, that's, is that English thing? That's how I roll. Uh, it's a thing. Are we, uh, is this show no, for crusty old white guys? Is that <laughs> what we're doing? I got a bailiwick, dude. Yeah, so I, I like it. Okay, sorry. Dick, sorry. Dick, let the grown-ups talk. Two crusty yes. old white guys talk back and <laughs> yeah. forth. I, just, I definitely <laughs> showed my IQ and my age in the last five minutes. So, like, what's going in the the headlines right now is that you have those like AOC who are proposing the new green deal with uh, like a 70% tax rate. Now my personal take is you can, I don't think, and this is, I say this is all my business degrees on the walls behind me, which are zero that you should never break 50% on a tax rate. You should never, I, to me, it's a magic number that, okay, I'm giving back more than I'm keeping. Is it kind of like the 99 cent thing? Never go to a dollar when you're advertising. Yeah. Oh, look at gasoline. Like, when they say, you know, it's a uh, two twenty nine. But and nine tenths, it's literally one tenth of a penny from two thirty. You're, you're more fair than the leftists because they will never say what's your fair share. They'll just say more. What's my fair share? And they never have an answer for that other than more than well, what it is. Well, so the question is, like under the new green deal, it's being proposed like a seventy percent on. Uh, how feasible is that? Does that fall into the? Because I think the other day Dick and I were talking about cigarettes. Uh, I think under the Obama administration, there's like we're going to tax the snot out of cigarettes, and that way we get more tax money. And thought, no, the more you tax it, the your cigarette people are going to smoke and you're going to actually lose revenue. But there's got to be the sweet spot where it's a the sweet spot. Right. So let's talk about, as you said, 100% tax rate. No, you're not going to get any tax, 0%. So obviously there's a there's a range. Now, where does the 70% fall? Because that's the number being bandied about for the new Green Deal. Okay. So first of all, I can assure you that AOC is not consulting with Art Laffer or really any economic uh, theory uh, about that. You mentioned um, the 70% tax back uh, tax, and you mentioned Reagan. Going back to Reagan's days, mm -hmm. we had at that uh, time when he was a movie actor before he got into politics, we had a tax rate that went over 90%. However, that only applied if you made over $200,000. And Reagan made, uh, if you go back and read any of his biographies, he made uh, about $100,000 per picture per movie, and he would do two movies in the first half of the year. And then he didn't do any movies after that. And the reason he didn't do any movies after that is he would have 6% of whatever he earned left over in the state of California, state income tax would grab that. So he literally would not produce anything after he did his first two movies in the year. It's kind of interesting. And, um, you know, pulling the 70%, you know, she, I, I think she's just thrown that out there, but she's throwing out there all kinds of, you know, wild-eyed, uh, uh, you know, I, ideas that really I don't think are landing with anybody any, anywhere, you know, on ma mainstream. Well, and, when it comes to ideas or proposals like that, there's it's a very rare chance 100% of what is proposed is going to even develop at the end. Oh, it could even be so something with, I say 70, maybe, you're going to come back with 40, we're going to meet in the middle of 50. Maybe it's a negotiation strategy that she learned from Trump or something, you know. That, but what is that sweet spot for, you know, because we're talking about taxing the ultra-rich or whatever. Is there like a cap where you say if you tax more than 49.8%, you're going to lose revenue. Well, I think it depends on the delivery of what you're trying to tax. Because, I mean, some people, and I bet you there's an interesting look at if, if you increase taxes, if you tie it to, like, say, police force. So in saying, hey, if you spend an extra 10 cents a year or extra $10 a year, would you want better coverage or more people on the streets to defend you? 
And I bet a lot of people be like, well, yeah, that makes sense. I wouldn't be willing to pay the extra ten dollars. It depends how, the, how that's handled because in Harris oh, we County, handle, oh yeah, it'd be horrible. I mean, we all know that's what the fire department, Harris County Fire Department, the City of Houston Fire Department is going through right now with Proposition Two. Two, I think it's two. Yeah, uh, where now the, the mayor half, is yeah. is there are those who are saying he's holding them hostage. Others saying, well, you know, you can't vote for it and not have the money. But yeah, now he's talking layoffs and and shutdowns, and. It's really, I, I think it's going to bite him hard. Come well, yeah, election. but I think there are the that current situation, you're stuck. You're stuck. There's not, there's not a right decision there with but, what they have. Well, so if you either going to be a leader about I, it, I you think, take you take it in the butt, or you know, take it in the you know whatever the kick in the butt, uh-huh. and then you just go forward with it. Well, here's the thing. It's of the if you say there's no good answer of the possible bad answers there. I think. The mayor is taking the worst possible stance because oh, what yeah. he's saying is, I mean, okay, you want, worst you, you want them to make money? We're gonna shut. We're gonna lessen your protections. Yeah, much like you were just saying, you're saying, are you willing to pay more taxes? But I think for, people will be willing to pay taxes depending on what it was going towards. But there's no way, there's no safeguards in, in second, humanity to to go. We're always gonna put what, that ten dollars. What there. the mayor is going through right now is that he's saying we're gonna have to shut down these fire departments. As at the, with the other hand, he is doing a lot of foreign travel on the uh, agenda. Where a work visa, you get an entertainment visa. Okay, without those passports, walk away. So that's the difference. I am all for legal immigration. I grew up all over the world. I love immigration, legal immigration. Yeah. And immigration. So if you know you have a master's degree in gender studies, you may not get in. Maybe it depends on you know what country. Maybe right? Sweden. Well, hey, let's <laughs> let's take a quick break, real quick. I want to fix something real quick on the tech side. So we will be right back. You're listening to Morning's Lone Star, and uh, yeah, there we go. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your question. Get seen on TV or YouTube. 
and heard on our podcast, FM and Internet Radio. Sponsor your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Did you know that there are over 153 million orphans in the world today? The sad reality is 99% of those kids will likely never be adopted. Core Love is an organization right here in Conroe that takes care of orphan children in Haiti, Honduras, and India. We bring the love of Jesus by providing their six basic needs of clean water, proper food, health care, education, job skills, and a loving home. Visit corelove.org. That's C-O-R-E-L-U-V dot org. Will you help defend the orphan? Are you one of those who feel that life is too short to drink bad coffee? Then come to Beanpong Coffee. Beanpong Coffee is open with two locations. Whether you're in downtown Conroe or historic Montgomery, we have the best fresh brewed and specialty coffee, delicious pastries, and courteous staff. Come visit us at 330 North Main Street in Conroe or 401 College Street, Suite 170 in Montgomery. Visit beanpunkcoffee.com to see our complete list of special events. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has been dedicated to educating Texans for over a century. In 1915, the Extension Program was established under the federal Smith-Lever Act to deliver university knowledge and agricultural research findings directly to the people. Ever since, AgriLife Extension programs have addressed the emerging issues of the day, serving diverse populations across the state. Texans turn to Extension for solutions in horticulture, agriculture, 4-H and youth, and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at 1 o'clock for the AgriLife Extension Hour. A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. We have the safest food supply in the world. Strict laws and regulations restrict the usage of hormones, antibiotics, and pesticides within our food supply. Production agriculture practices and technologies such as the use of GMOs, which is not any more or less risky than conventional crop production, has allowed American farmers to produce more food on less acres in environmentally sound ways. Find out more online at halftotheplate.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make lives better. Are you one of those who feel that life is too short to drink bad coffee? Then come to Beanpong Coffee. Beanpong Coffee is open with two locations. Whether you're in downtown Conroe or historic Montgomery, we have the best fresh brewed and specialty coffee, delicious pastries, and courteous staff. Come visit us at 330 North Main Street in Conroe or 401 College Street, Suite 170 in Montgomery. Visit beanpongcoffee.com to see our complete list of special events. Welcome back. Sorry for that break. We uh, lost our connection on our internet here besides the FM. So if you're carried over from our Facebook page, hi, 
Thanks for sticking with us. Hey, yo. We're, yeah, we're still having a, a good time, I would say. It's 9.50 right now. And, uh, again, if you are a listener and you want to watch the show, we always have our YouTube channel and our Facebook. We'll be uploading the full recording to it uh, today. So don't forget. Don't forget. So we'll try to fix this Internet issue. I've been having, you know, talking to these folks at, like, Comcast and everywhere, I always feel similar to the press secretary. Imagine how he or she feels because you don't have the, all the answers and you don't really have full answers ever because it's always half answers every time. And I can never talk to the right person. The only person who I trust and consolidate is this guy named Todd because he comes and takes care of the studio, and he knows what the studio is trying to do. So every time I call consolidated, they go, okay, and I go, can I request Todd, the technician, the Todd, his last name? And he's like, yes, and he's always like, he's like, oh, I'm going to make a pit stop. Just come check in real quick. i got to go to another client. But he's always here saying, I'm going to come back. Like, don't leave. You better hope, he's, so, better hope he ends up being the only Todd because, you know. Well, I don't want to say his different... full name. I don't want to say it. I have, oh, a, I have his card. Oh, okay. I have a, you know, all that stuff. But, yeah, so and that's the only person I trust. Right. So even, well, even if it's the president called, like, I don't know you. Where's Todd? <laughs> I, I want to talk to Todd. Well, uh, listeners, if you're just, like, tuning into us, that strange chuckle you just heard belongs to Daniel Goodwin, uh, who's a financial advisor and podcaster extraordinaire. And so we've been talking some financial stuff and tax stuff with the political bent. But I also want to talk about your podcast. This is, like, really cool. So it's called Shrimp Tank, and I heard that yesterday, and I thought it was, like, one of the best names, like, ever for anything. Oh, cool. It, uh, you know, we were going to name it Shark Tank, but that name was taken. So Yeah, they just stole it right out from under you, didn't they? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, um, so we started doing it a couple of years ago. We've done, um, oh, I don't know, 75, 80 shows, something like that. Wow. We started producing the show in the Atelier Design Center in the Woodlands at the Ferrari dealership, which is really cool. But the, after a couple of months of us... I think we wore our welcome out, and Bob Milner let us come over and do some shows over at the Mercedes. Yeah, shout out to Bob Milner at the Mercedes dealership, and then we've done them a number of different times at the Chamber of Commerce. We've uh, we did a commercial banking episode live in the classroom with Ray Sanders before he retired from Woodforce Bank at Sam Houston State University. Uh, of course, we're we're tied in, and we work closely with the Entrepreneurship Degree Program at Sam Houston State University. I work with the College of Business, their uh, mentorship program. I uh, speak there regularly at the university, and I, I bring other entrepreneurs to speak to college students there. But we've had, a, we've had a ton of fun with it, and we found a home now with the Conroe, Lake Conroe Area Chamber of Commerce. We're producing out of their studios. We had Rick and Dick on, and uh, they're going to help us to maybe take the podcast to some whole new levels. So how whole did this new whole new levels, levels. podcast 2.0? The final frontier <laughs> space. Right, well, Shrimp Ting Podcast. It's actually, the deep ocean is the final frontier. We've been out in space. Just saying. It's a podcast on entrepreneurship, and we interview some of the best and brightest business owners. But and you said you had Dick on. Yeah, it's true. They can't well, all be they were, fishing. <laughs> they were fishing. Yeah. They hit the bottom of that barrel, didn't they? Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was a yeah. great interview. And well, my you, dad you knows way da- too much, so he he knows. You and your dad have a really cool offsetting little feng shui going on. I yeah, really, I really kind of like it. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> were you the color commentary going? Pretty yeah, much, absolutely. No, my favorite was uh, we were doing a uh, entrepreneurial game, like a game, like we're basically they yeah, get, entrepreneurial Jeopardy, Jeopardy, little thing I came up with. It was and, kind of. Probably about four questions. I have zero points, and I'm like, I go, "Do you realize his dad smoked his? Yeah. I'm like, do you realize my dad? This is what he does for a living. Like, he's an entrepreneurial consultant. So I think I've seen your dad today at two thirty. Okay, at so, my office. So there you go. Some radio spot or something. Uh, yeah, no, he likes to do uh, in office studio recordings for he's his. Coming show. to my office today so, at two thirty. So, so we're sitting there though, Sean, and I go. He reads Ink Magazine every issue that comes out. 
And then, of course, two questions later, he goes, according to Inc. Magazine, <laughs> this stat, I'm like, see, there you go. He's going to know this one. No, like nobody's ever aced it like he did ever. He, know, he just sits there and reads. That's all he does. He reads his historical books about presidents and uh, court, I do uh, judges. Too. I do, too. That's why that's, I like that's your That's all dad. he does. And then, uh, and then he reads Inc. Magazine or any type of business magazine. It's kind of upsetting. Well, what prompted the podcast? I mean, did you wake up one Tuesday morning and say, hey, podcast or... Did it fall into your lap? You know, I was in Chicago, and I met a guy that actually was the creator of the concept, and his name's Ted Jenkin. He's in Atlanta. He's now, uh, and I said, I want to do this in Houston. So we're nationally syndicated now. We're on iHeartRadio. Okay. We are catch all our shows on I, uh, iTunes and on, I don't know, Google's got some I thing, you know, whatever. But uh, we're getting, a, I think, now a significant footprint, and um it started out with as an affiliation with Kennesaw State University uh, out of Georgia, out of, out of the original Atlanta market, and then uh, we we brought alongside Sam Houston State. But it's the idea of street smarts meets book smarts. You know, there's the academic theory about entrepreneurship that they teach at the college, but then there's the guys, uh, you know, uh, in the trenches doing it. And so we're trying to bring those two um, theories together and uh, create a more robust learning environment for aspiring entrepreneurs, but also seasoned business owners and i just found it fascinating i thought it'd be a ton of fun to do it and uh, it's been a it's been a wild ride awesome now is there a set schedule to it because uh, one thing i noticed about podcasts i listen to one it's a weekly podcast but they're like well we're going to be taking the next three weeks off or they'll do a special so i it allows more freedom mm -hmm. so how often can people expect new episodes of your podcast we we do two shows a month and we're releasing them every oh. we release a show every two weeks and okay. so um, I, I think we could do more than that, but you know what? We're all busy. We have all the other full-time jobs. This isn't, you know, we haven't monetized this thing, you know, yet. Maybe at some point we'll start charging for some advertising, but we're, right now we invite guests on and there's no cost for them to come on. And it's a uh, really, well, what? yeah, no, I'm just kidding. yeah. <laughs> profit's not a dirty word. You know, not at all. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've been a, I've been a big uh, proponent of that, that somewhere along the line over the last few years, uh, wealth, Profit and success just became unpopular, right? Yeah, right. Acts. Unless unless you're a tech giant, okay. Unless you know you're one of the uh, I, well, unless you're I've an learned, athlete or, or a professional athlete. Or, okay. I've learned it's all about presentation. So you can charge it unless you, you have to convince them they're, they're paying money for something. Well, that that is the the beauty of the capitalist society is you you can charge. You'll be paid what the market will bear if you provide a product, good or service that. What, what I People love is, buy. like, for example, back, you know, 20 years ago, it was the norm to include, oh, drive time. And now if you include drive time, they're like, the, the buyer will be like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to pay that extra money. So now I just, I just put in one cost. You just put one deal. I'm like, that's it. Yeah. You people don't, don't like add-ons. They like to know yeah. what they're paying. They like transparency. No one likes their phone bill. So I, I think it goes for a while. And uh, because back in the day, I bought a Saturn and I loved buying the Saturn because, you know, that was... No the, negotiation. It was your walk-in. It was the same price for everything. And I love that. I'm not I, I'm not a good negotiator. And I just like... Cool. Well, it's like, why, you know, going to the grocery store, how much for the milk? Two fourteen. I'll give you a dollar fourteen. And you, you don't negotiate over your groceries. That sounds like my dad, though. My dad would literally do that, God rest his soul. You know, my dad would negotiate, you know, anything with anybody, anytime. And there I go, oh, God, there he goes again. Round of golf, you know. And what? I respect that. The people that can do that, because I never could. But so, and everyone loved Saturns for a while. Because it was like, you, it was hassle-free. One of my best friends sold me the car. And it was like zero pressure and everything. But then... Where's Saturn now? 
is gone no because the, the 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 bloom was off that rose and so the the lure you the know you allure, can get a chevy uh, volt for 10 grand yeah oh a, a oh. new one yeah another, well they don't make them anymore yeah like another five years they're gonna be like giving them away it's well like, no because someone asked me is like what's the cheapest electric vehicle today and i and uh, i looked it up and i was like well you can get actually a chevy volt for 10 grand that's not bad yeah but you don't have any place to plug it in right that's well then, I mean, that's not hard to do plug it in yeah yeah, I think the show is going to really go long the way extension of, cord. Yeah, it's going to go the <laughs> way of Betamax. It's like, hey, I buy, I bought five thousand Betamaxes for for ten bucks. Well, where's the player? Oops. Well, I mean, if you want to make that transition, because I've been trying to tell Holly, I want to, I want to get a bike to go to go here because we only live about eight minutes Do away. It. That's awesome. And I was like, well, I can get a bicycle because we have a new bike place opening up this weekend. Yeah. Next where, 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 where? Right next door. Right next door. Right next I door. need a bike. Red, ready race biking room. I'm looking for a bike. So that's bicycle, by the way, not motorcycle. I want, so, a, I want a mountain bike. So, yeah, they, they'll go in there. They're huge. I, Are they there now? Uh, I know they opened it. They had their grand opening this weekend, the 23rd. Shoot. So I think he's I'll by poke, appointment right now. I'll poke my nose down so, over there and take a look. He's pretty great. It's Gary. Gary, his name's Gary. Shout out. Look, he just got some free advertising. So, uh, and then also they're having their grand opening Saturday, 23rd, I believe, all day. So check that out on Facebook, Ready Race Prepare. And, uh, but no, I wanted to get a bicycle or a motorcycle. And she, of course, said no to the motorcycle. But I was like, I need something that I can just get around town and not get on the highway. Because if you live in Conroe, there's only like four roads you really go on. You have Frazier, you have 105, and then that's pretty much it. Eight minutes is the bike's the way to go. Yeah. So, yeah. and that's... And I, I know if you would have really wanted the motorcycle, then you would have I would have gotten it. it. You know, that, yeah. Her saying no, that would have just kind of been yeah, a b- nothing, bump in the road. There's nothing to fear from that, Dick. No, not at all. Every time I get on it, she just looks at me with disappointment. And I'm then, telling you. When describing Holly, Shakespeare said it best. Though she be but little, she is fierce. Yeah, that's true. But Sound, uh, my my wife is little and fierce. So yeah. So Chevy Volt. That's what I'm probably going to end up getting. <laughs> and I'll plug it. I wonder if that's more inviting. Like, is you know, some people aren't. They don't have the ability to put their car in a garage. So I, I feel like that's one of the big kind of things. If you want to buy an electrical vehicle, you have these thieves walking around and they see this extension cord. They're like, oh, this can be a freebie, and. Uh, do you think the people? Do you think thieves think that through? They see the electrical cord. No, because there aren't that. I mean, it's easier to get. If someone rips off a Chevy Volt. Well, it's easier to find. More like a vandal would might do something with it. I think then. A, yeah, true. Then, then Popular a thief. cars are stolen. Yeah, yeah. Now, true. but here's the thing: I don't well, even know. think of a Volt uh, uh, consumer is worthy of derision. I don't think even a vandal would. Because if you're a vandal, you're either an anarchist, and and so you're left leaning, you know, raging against the man. In which case, you respect the the vault. Oh, good point. Or, yeah. Or, or you can be like the normal thief and just steal a tailgate from a Ford F one fifty. Right. That's like the number one thing stolen from cars. Have you noticed? Have you, have you, have you well, looked this up? I remember it was in the eighties where pickup tr- where car companies got the idea to add uh, side mirrors, the the passenger side mirror. And the tailgate of a pickup truck is extras. And mm. it lasted for about a year. And then they realized that the lawsuit factor went through the roof of people not having Yeah, I'll a, pass on the uh, extra uh, cost. Not having a, a sign. But also they well, realized the tailgate was the best form of advertisement for that vehicle. And by charging, people go. Good point. Because it's like, are you going to charge me 500 bucks for a tailgate? I'll get 20 bucks for that little mesh thing. And that's why there's a whole generation of cars that just have well, the mesh when Ford, When Ford introduced the step on their tailgate and they also introduced the backup camera, Ford F-150 tailgates. I'm not kidding you. There's an article that Houston Chronicle wrote about, like, what are the chances of you, if you park in in, in the Houston area inside the loop, you have, like, a 15 to 20% chance your truck 
tailgate's going to be stolen. What are you going to do? Put it on your Chevy or something? Well, <laughs> it's got no, some cool I, features. I don't really know. They say it's like the craziest thing because thieves are just taking that kind, not Chevys. It's just Fords. <laughs> and it, they had like a crazy percentage. If you owned a truck and you parked it inside the loop, this is the chance your truck bed. And so they make these things now. Like oh, my brother got his, and it's like they locks the truck uh, tailgate in so mm. they can't take it. And he goes, it's so crazy because you can see where they try to take it. And it happens all the time. He's like, you can just see people trying to mess with my truck bed. Unreal. Because so, they, they unlock it with their tool, and then they, yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> There's a market for that now. But that's just a bad idea for, for the them to, to do that. So Some idiot said, okay, we're going to save money. We're going to charge extra for the side view mirror and for the tailgate. And they really, people like, Is that why, like, no? Ferraris had one? One what? Like, older Ferraris, I know the older exotic cars had one one mirror on the side, one side mirror. Mm. Uh, that's probably, oh, was that a fashion thing? Probably. <laughs> that's my, cause I know when I lived in England, cars were, everything was extra. If you wanted a personalized license plate, that was about a thousand dollars worth. Oh, gross. It, it was insane. It was, they would charge everything extra. But now I'm telling you, I bought a, I bought a new Dodge Ram and there's nothing I need aftermarket on that thing. I mean, it's got the weather tech mats like included. I mean, everything it's like, can't believe all the creature little comforts and you know what a heated steering wheel i live in texas right it's nice in the winter like now i'm like I, okay i got it i couldn't buy that without a heated, heated steering, steering wheel, wheel. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah what? so my question on that is because if they had to, in order to save money you, they said we're going to charge extra for the side view mirror and the tailgate well if they just bake that into the the cost yeah we we're talking about that of you the know, drive time don't don't tell me the drive time cost just tell me the whole overall cost yeah the people don't want to pay extra uh for an extra, but how if you if you baked it into the cost at the same amount? Let's say that the they want to charge you five hundred bucks extra for the pickup uh, for the tailgate and a hundred for the uh, side view mirror for six hundred total. No one wanted to buy them, but if you just baked in six hundred bucks to the price of the pickup truck or even seven hundred, they no one yeah. would have blinked. Then they go, hey, well, it's cool. They don't feel like they're paying extra. Well, they also have like the package names, right? They have like you can buy the SC version. Yep. Or the SES. That's or the SCI clever, 2000. Clever. They're very clever. Which was funny because when, uh, after, you know, my last car flooded and I had to get this one, I was at the same Toyota dealership. I bought four cars from them, three of them new. And this guy was trying to sell me on the, the sports edition. Yeah, of, S. Uh, yeah. It has an S. No, well, it wasn't the S, but it was the one that had, like, the extra, the the, the, the backup camera, the, the Bluetooth, the, the, the alloy wheels, not the hubcap. And I was like, I don't need a backup camera. Well, look at the, the the wheels. I'm like, no, I want cheap wheels because if that thing bends, I'm going to be charged out the wazoo. Well, then I'll give you these wheels for no extra cost and uh, the tire, the, the wheel insurance at no extra cost. So basically, for the exact same lesser model, I got, for the same price, I got the upper one. They were so desperate to get rid of that particular Yeah, model. I asked my guy if he just wanted my money or not. And I go, this is how much money I have. Yeah, it's, no, I'm the guy. The first time I went in to buy it, I said, listen, this is here's the monthly rate I want. I don't care how much the car costs. I don't care what the percentage rate is. Is You can't break, you know, $300 a month. I made the car I want for this much money, and mm-hmm. we're, we're good. I, try, I tried that at the days. Ferrari places. They didn't yeah, really right. <laughs> but it took two days, and on the guy's credit, he, you know, he got it down to literally two ninety nine ninety five. You, you know what? Since you brought up the Ferrari, one thing I learned when we were doing our show over there is that nobody buys a Ferrari off the lot. Every Ferrari is ordered. And what they say you're is... You're saying like they won't sell you off the lot? There is none off the lot. You have to buy and they make each one for each order, okay? Oh, okay. And you have to wait like oh, sometimes a year or two, right? 
and uh, you design everything, just like you would get a blueprint and uh, custom design a home. You do that with your Ferrari, and they're sold out like two years in advance. And the car automobile. Actually, that's, not, that's pretty smart because they can control how much they make a They year. control it very well, but what they said is, and even though they sell these cars for an astronomical amount of money, that the brand Ferrari is a greater revenue generator from all of the other things that how they leverage the brand than the automobiles themselves. Yeah, you buy a T-shirt. They buy. They probably sell more. T-shirts. All of that stuff oh. and uh, brand. You know, it's just they've got a, a, a global brand. Well, that makes sense because this is going to sound funny. If you remember Sammy Hagar before he joined Van Halen, he had this the smash hit "I Can't Drive 55," and in the video he's driving a black Ferrari. And Sammy Hagar was the red rocker. Everything was red for him. And, and I remember he gave this interview on MTV where they're like, because it was his own Ferrari. And like, why wasn't it red? He's like, because it, I was on the waiting list and it was going to take me another year to get a red Ferrari. And I wanted a Ferrari, so I just, I, I could get the black one quicker. That would have been a good time to cue up that song. You know, it's on my, it's on my Spotify playlist. Yeah, I can't right. drive. I was dun, like, dun. yeah, no, I was about 20 years old then. I was just like, <laughs> oh yeah, still, still in my head. <laughs> one. Sorry, I'm trying to. People are saying they actually can see us. Can they hear us too? Yeah, they can hear us. I know oh, that's okay. working. Oh, okay. So we'll see. Let's we'll see. Maybe, right on. maybe live on YouTube and on I better, Facebook. I'm gonna put my pants back on there. Yeah, they can see us. <laughs> Boy, is my face red. <laughs> so, uh, so it's tax season coming up. Let's talk about this. And if I'm talking about anything that's beyond your your, your wheelhouse, let me know. But I, I I know that a lot of people are complaining. Oh, my uh, my tax returns are, are lower this year than ever. But my sense on that is that's because you paid fewer taxes going out. To, to me, I'm not a fan of tax refunds because it's like, okay, the government's had my free money loan. for up to a year free interest-free. So, Is it really – what do they write it down as? Is it they call it a loan? No, it's no. just you pay in, but, um, you know, tax season is, is coming up. And our, our clients, we have some we have clients of all kinds, and some, some of them are more affluent, and those clients uh, really are not that enamored with this new Trump tax plan because – they may live in Carlton. If you live in a two million dollar house in Carlton Woods, now Where's you that? can you can uh, Woodlands snooty part of the Woodlands. Yeah, okay. where ZZ Top lives. So if you live over there where ZZ Top lives, you know now you can only write off seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars of interest. You can only write off ten thousand dollars of property taxes. You know what the property taxes are on a two and a half million dollar house over in Carlton Woods? You know they're probably fifty sixty grand a year. Just on property taxes, and you you can only write ten thousand dollars. Now off. you can only write ten thousand. So, um, the, you know the the wealthier people net all in. You know many of them uh, got a little bit of a haircut through this uh, Trump tax plan. So when you hear people say, "Oh, it's all tilted toward wealth, wealthy people," that's not true. Well, and I always feel that when there's a change, no one really understands the full scope until you know after a while. Like that's oh, this true. is what really happened. I didn't understand it till I kind of just kind of got in, started working closer with it, working you know closer with clients, but. You know, one of the things, one of the, I think the uh, blue ocean grand opportunities is for people is to get, uh, uh, and I'd say right now, more than ever, taxes are on sale, meaning that we're in one of the lower tax brackets. And if you're trying to accumulate some wealth, you're probably doing it in a tax deferred, like a 401k plan yeah. or IRA or something like that. Well, you just went into business with the government on a deal and your business partner is not going to tell you what their cut is until later on when you retire and they start taking they can it change out. Because they can right? change that. They have uh, complete control over that. So if you if you accumulate all your wealth in 401ks and IRAs and then later on we look up and taxes are 50% higher, then uh, you're going to look back on that and go, man, I wish I had uh, you know really had the foresight to see that closer. And maybe I would have converted more of my uh, assets into tax-free accounts such as Roth IRA accounts. 
And so that's the opportunity. But people are busy, you know. It's you, you have to get people to you know sit down and have a conversation about it. And sometimes people are just too busy to have that conversation. They just you know going down the road, you know, busy raising kids and you know making money, building a company, all these things. But we like to talk about it. Well, I mean, I, especially when uh, what I've noticed as I grow up, there are certain directions my thoughts go to. Because like right now, I'm in the point in my life where I just got married. And there's definitely a future that we're building together, her and I, with the same goals. And I kind of ask my dad because he's been what I see as successful, like where I would like to be. Of course. And then I see my brothers who I see like, oh, you're somewhere where I want to be. And you start asking these like detailed, you get detailed answers for questions that are simple as like, what do you do to make money? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh man, it's so much information. I don't really, uh-huh. know, I don't really like, know about Like that. how do you invest? And then, so, and, then, and then three hours later you're going, oh God. Yeah, well <laughs> – yeah, and especially when you're like, when you finally get it, you're like, why wasn't I doing that when I was 15? You know, that kind of stuff, because there's no going back. And I think a lot of people who are looking to better their situation in life don't really know until it's too late. I think a high percentage of people are faced with that. And I don't really know if it's a culture thing or if it's more of just human nature that we don't really care. We just live day to day and, you know, those kind of things. But that's definitely something I feel like a school system or somewhere a leader could definitely tell people to start doing and showing how it works and how to do it. Because this kind of blows my mind that in public schools, we don't teach practical things like that. And there's not even an option for it. Because I know there's a teacher, I bet, somewhere in the country that goes, I do extra school stuff afterwards. I'll teach you how to balance a checkbook because I believe you need to know that. And it's volunteer class. Now, see, my social studies, when I was a kid, we did. I mean, even down in the lower grades, we had the fake market where, you know, we all jockeyed. I want to be the cashier this time. And, you know, there was, we get the Monopoly money. And so they give us like a hundred bucks worth of play money, which back in the 70s and late 60s was an ungodly amount of money. But seeing how quickly it'd go away. Yeah. Uh, and I remember in sixth grade, they were like, this is a bank account. This is what a check. We even learned the cool thing that a check, if you had the routing number and account number and properly filled out, it could literally be on anything. You know, the, the check from the bank was, you could actually spray paint it on a pig. You can make your own checks. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and, a, that's such a great point. And it's gone now. It, it, it's Now, do you think, because I mean, what would probably be the scariest thing if, if someone came to you and said, <clears throat> let's take you back to ninth grade. Good luck. And because like I saw common, I, I saw if I went back then and the knowing math, what I know now, I was seeing the math because I have now nieces who are in middle school and going into high school, and the math is nuts. I don't know if you oh, have, had you had you it. grown and compounded money, you know, from that time, right? Is that what you mean? Well, just know like how they do multiplication, how they teach it now. Oh, it's completely yeah, it's, it's compared completely to the different. common core. Yeah, you know the common yeah, core completely different. And I'm like, man, can you imagine? Like, you watch a video on on how do you solve an equation with common core? Yes. I was just sitting there scratching my well, head like, I, I, must, I must be a real screen. idiot. There was a split screen video they had, which is the same. And someone's doing it common core, someone's doing it normal style. And it, it's fun to watch. And I, I think common core will be out the out the door soon enough. It, it really will. Well, I, I mean, is that why you think people, like the driving force to send kids to private school is that kind of, is that kind yeah, of Yeah, I think a lot of, I think the public school. In a, in a negative way. And, uh, I mean, we just we'll, opened a real can of worms. No, right I like there. it. I like it. <laughs> no. Let, well, let's take a break real quick, and I'm going to get us back on the internet because we're back. Go, Dick. So, uh, take, we're going to take like a three-minute break, folks, so don't freak out. We will be back.
Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Hey, Montgomery County and online listeners. Thank you so very much for checking out Jazzy Vibes with Soul. What? You haven't done so yet? Well, you've got to tune in. Hi, I am the host of Jazzy Vibes with Soul, Miss C.C. Holmes, and I invite you to check us out every Friday and Saturday from 7 until 9 p.m., where you will get the best in old-school R&B and, of course, a little smooth jazz to make it jazzy. So tune in. That's right, tune in. Every Friday and Saturday right here on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 FM or worldwide at IRLongStar.com. Want to check out the fastest-growing sport in the world? It's right here in Conroe, Texas, and it's roller derby. Conroe Roller Derby is a nonprofit recreational league of women and men who want you to come and check out the fast-paced, hard-hitting game of roller derby. The Conroe Cutthroats practice at Rainbow Roller Rink on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. You can find our game schedule and more information on our website, www.conroerollerderby.com. Are you one of those who feel that life is too short to drink bad coffee? Then come to Beanpong Coffee. Beanpong Coffee is open with two locations. Whether you're in downtown Conroe or historic Montgomery, we have the best fresh-brewed and specialty coffee, delicious pastries, and courteous staff. Come visit us at 330 North Main Street in Conroe or 401 College Street, Suite 170 in Montgomery. Visit beanpunkcoffee.com to see our complete list of special events. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776. Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez president of the Woodlands Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas, on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5-106.1. What is homelessness? Have you seen parents struggle to find a job without having transportation or child care? What about the children sleeping in cars with nothing to eat? Families shouldn't have to struggle to survive, and children should not be homeless. The promise of Montgomery County serves the needs of homeless families and their children. Learn about ways you can help and learn about partnership opportunities at www.familypromiseofmc.org or call our day center at 936-441-8778. Are you one of those who feel that life is too short to drink bad coffee? Then come to Beanpong Coffee. Beanpong Coffee is open with two locations. Whether you're in downtown Conroe or historic Montgomery, we have the best fresh-brewed and specialty coffee, delicious pastries, 
and courteous staff. Come visit us at 330 North Main Street in Conroe or 401 College Street, Suite 170 in Montgomery. Visit BeanPostCoffee.com to see our complete list of special events. A Lone Star Community Radio. All right, we're back. We are back on Facebook and YouTube, so if you're a huge fan of that, make sure to check us out there. And uh, we're still just chatting it up till about 11 o'clock today, so feel free to join in. Sorry for that break on the internet. I guess suddenly didn't like what we were doing. I think it was the topics, guys. I don't so, know. We, we we got all over the map there, Dick. And, I enjoyed um, it. Oh, I see no problem with it. Hey, I felt totally at home being able to talk politics and finance and taxes and all of these things. Uh, well, actually, let's take a moment real quick because I know you got to get going. Tell people what, like, what you do. Where can people find the podcast for Shrimp, Ta- Shrimp Tank Houston? And then also, like, you're, you're a wealth sure. advisor sure. and so stuff like that. So go ahead and just let people know about that okay. stuff. Okay, so we have an independent fiduciary-based financial planning firm in the Woodlands called Provident Wealth Advisors. And we're a small independent firm. There's uh, seven of us at the firm, and we take care of a couple hundred families and small business owners to help them with all of their financial planning investment planning, taxes, and all of these different things like that. And so um, shout out to my uh, Provident people there. And so that's that's what we do for a living. The podcast, I think, is more of a fun sidebar sort of thing. Uh, connection uh, connects us closer with entrepreneurs. I got to say, I've had a ton of fun um, hosting the, yeah. the, pod, the Shrimp Tank podcast. Um, you can see all of our shows at houston.shrimptankpodcast.com. And, of course, uh, it's nationally syndicated now. Those shows are on iHeartRadio and, and on iTunes. But that's been so fun to sit down for 45 minutes with uh, local, some of our local best and brightest business owners about their personal story, their journey into entrepreneurship. Sometimes it goes back to, you know, we had Barry Blanton on. He's a local uh, fractional CFO for business owners. And, you know, Barry talked about throwing a, a paper route. You know, he had a paper route when he was 12 years old three blocks from here where, when he was a kid growing up. You know what's cool about that, you know, going, as entrepreneurship? The newspaper company sold him the newspapers. He was a reseller of the newspapers. So he had to buy them at this price and, you know, uh, earn subscriptions, you know, and then, and, then, and then he was the distribution. And I thought, wow, that is so cool at 12 years old to, to really have that uh, entrepreneurial start in life. And then he went through banking and uh, – not to tell his whole story. In fact, you can hear Barry's story. This is one of our podcasts. Uh, Sean just got, got back in. But... Oh, I was listening as I was coming down. We, oh, we, yeah. we, we play outside on the street. So. Yeah, yeah, we so, got a lot of strangers. You know, I mean, entrepreneurship is a journey, and not everybody's born to, to do that. Um, and and that's, that's okay. We need people to run some of these best uh, companies out there. Uh, you know, 50% well, of the I, small businesses I fail anyway. I wondered in the business world, because been, I've been doing my own thing here, is when you get to the corporate level, and always people always like, oh, the CEOs get paid crazy amounts of money, and and then I hear business people say, oh, it's because they're valued that, like that's their value. What the market will bear. So when you're talking about entrepreneurs, do entrepreneurs do you think ever hit that value? Because I know you're kind of the expert at, at your own business. You kind of understand the ins and outs. But then it's like, when do you become a hindrance to your business? So Dan Sullivan, does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Dan Sullivan, a strategic coach, talks about a curve where your business is in a growth mode. And then at some point, most small business owners hit what's called a ceiling of complexity. That means that, man, there's just not enough hours in the day anymore to try to even attract new clients. And, you know, you can't hardly keep up and 
you know, deal with the ones that you have. That ceiling of complexity is what prevents any small business owner from breakthrough, from going to that next level. So things change rapidly in the beginning. You know, when you start a small business, you, you may have bootstrapped it like I did. And, you know, I mean, you're, you're doing everything from cleaning the toilet and taking the trash yeah. out and answering the phone and all of those things. And then, but uh, when you hit that ceiling of complexity, if you don't change the whole dynamic and mindset, and uh, if you're one of those people that everything has to go through you, if you're kind of a control freak, you're the bottleneck of your business. You are the biggest problem. And so, you know, finding leadership Could, uh, within your within your organization, and and they say great leaders don't attract followers; they create other leaders. And it's a team of people that hmm. really takes you to that next it's like level. Like a pyramid scheme. <laughs> right. No, uh, like, cause I, for example, let's look at some of the most successful, I would say, I mean, I heard are you entrepreneurs like say Jeff Bezos, when he started Amazon, what would, I don't know his that situation. If a listener knows, please chime in on Facebook, chat with us, give it like, cause I imagine him had some capital. He had some money somehow one way or another. And he ba- let's actually best would be Mark Zuckerberg. He had an idea, you and, know, and then he kind of implemented, Hey, let's sell books online. Well, we talked about this the other day with like Zuckerberg that I think in the old days, CEOs were, were bred, you know, they'd go to business school get your MBA, you'd learn the, the stuff, but now you can have a CEO who's born like the Zuckerbergs who have an idea and all of a sudden they're a bil- they have a billion dollars behind them, but they have no business savvy Acumen. to have grown with it. Yeah, well, I well, think he, like Elon he, he Musk picked, is a He good picked example. it up along the way, I could tell you that. Well, oh, yeah. He and, paid money, someone to teach him. Right, and and he could have blown the whole thing. He really could, but mm-hmm. he, he had, you know, mutating technology. This is just when social media, I mean, yeah. wasn't even on the scene I would have just cashed out. Me too. I would probably now he's probably, I, would, I may not have, I, I may not have seen when he you know, hits ninety years old he's going to go to jail someone's going to put him in well, jail. Well, that's what uh, Tom did with MySpace. People always make fun of MySpace. No. Going, what's he doing now? He's probably on a little he, beach. He, or... I think he sold MySpace to AOL for like fifty million dollars. I mean, he's not was hurting. that cash too? Yeah, uh, probably cash. But stock, Zuckerberg's but... pulled money off the table, you know. So whatever happens with it, if it gets bro- uh, broken up, you yeah. know, with I mean, antitrust, he's, he's personally fine. But I think what's really interesting is like like I said, the entrepreneur mindset. And we have this group that came in last, uh, I want to say Monday, Lemonade Day. I don't know if you've ever heard of this movement, but it's to teach kids about starting a business, like a lemonade stand. I love it. It's where you create a lemonade stand, a product. And and you you sell it and you market it and things like that. And I'm like, all right, so if everyone has this, you know, this, this individual entrepreneur mindset, when does that person turn into a Mark Zuckerberg? And I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's like a luck of the draw, but it's more of, if I was Mark Zuckerberg or in that place, I would stop being the leader. You know, if I'm, I feel like I don't, if once they went public, you're like, no. I don't no. know. He birthed, he birthed that company. But, you know, I mean, you think of Zuckerberg as uh, not that he didn't earn what he did and all of that, but, you know, he's an anomaly. He's a guy, you know, he's a, like a lottery winner, you know. And- well, and I was about to, to do that equation that you can have a, C- a CEO of a company that starts off small and suddenly explodes and all of a sudden you're in that lottery winning level. Well, like, to confuse people, like who's the CEO of Google? Uh, the Illuminati. <laughs> well, I think, I, well, that's one thing I like. You get to that point because as a business like Microsoft, you had Bill Gates. And I couldn't even tell if he, if he was the CEO or not. At one point, like he was just Bill Gates, Microsoft. Yeah. And then you have Jeff Ballmer, who was, I always felt he was like the Dick Cheney of two. Yeah, you also have the silent partners. Don't forget, with Bill Gates were two other guys. And, and the Delionaires out of Austin, Texas. But, the, you know, these are massive shifts in, in technology. You know who impresses me? The guy that maybe went to trade school 
and he became a plumber, and he learned his craft and trade, and then he started out, broke out on his own. He got one truck, and, you know, I meet the guy now. He comes on the show, and he's got a dozen trucks and 18 people that work there, and he's got mm-hmm. a customer service, you know, platform. And, you know, to well, me, that's that's more representative of, you know, the red, white, and blue and, you know, what's going really on in, in, in America entrepreneurship. Those are those are the people that I find their stories the most fascinating. Well, my, my grandfather, that's where I think his success came from was being able to build a procedure. And that procedure was easy to understand beyond the education spectrum, so the different people that would work. And so then I think that's why he became, he's at the end of the day, at the you know when he's doing the deposits, he's always making a little bit more money because everyone kind of is part of the same plan. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I didn't, we don't, I don't know how many employees he had, but... Uh, but I mean, it was, Pro- it was processes enough. and procedures, you know, go back to uh, Ray Kroc in the, you know, hamburger business. I yeah. Mean, uh, he revolutionized, you know, fast food. I, I remember when I was a kid, like, in, right here in Conroe, Texas, the first fast food restaurant I ever saw was a McDonald's right there at Frazier in the North Loop 36. And they've torn that thing down and rebuilt it a couple of times. But I think it was originally built in about, I don't know, ni- the early 1970s, maybe, wow. you know, 72 or something like that. And you know what it is today. So what's the next wave? You think? Okay, this, I don't think the, apps and the things blue are ocean. Be next thing. I don't, know. I don't know. I mean, it's been social media and internet. You I know. Think, I, I think mean, it, I think it's going to be government. I think you can sell the government. It's the fastest growing. It's been the fastest growing industry. Yeah. You're right. Right. Just do a quick follow up. I actually I got to do a mea culpa when I said Tom sold uh, it for fifty million. No, I was a little bit off there. Tom Anderson sold MySpace for five hundred and eighty million dollars. No, he, that's not for him though. That's for his company, right? He was like he MySpace. There he, wasn't a check said Tom Anderson five hundred. No, no, he probably cut dollars. a fat hog through all of that. When yeah, it was no. So my, remember that was the whole thing about MySpace. It was pretty much him. It was like Zuckerberg for the longest time was the Facebook, and then he partnered up with Sean. Yeah, I forget his last name. Uh, who said okay? The huh? The the, yeah. <laughs> Change the name. His his movie was good. Yeah, I don't know if you saw it. Social I mean, Network, social written by Aaron Sorkin. I thought it was a good movie. Yeah, yeah, it was decently done. It was called The Facebook. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. that's what the original Zuckerberg called it, The Facebook, and his investors said, take out the the and just call it Facebook, and, and all of a sudden, Zuckerberg is but, making a ton of money. You know, on his 700 acres in Kauai, which is the garden island you of Hawaii. Ka- you say Kauai? Kauai, okay. the garden island of, of Hawaii. You know, Zuckerberg and his wife bought, you know, 700 acres there, and they could put this really big wall and fence around it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't doubt it. Why no, wouldn't you? No, walls huh? are bad. No. <laughs> no one's saying that. Huh? No, walls are, don't do anything. Yeah, that's me. I, I, I'm just, I'm, there, I'm, I'm, I'm teeing it up here, you know, to, yeah. to be he, controversial. He's knocking them up. He set them up, <laughs> I'm knocking them down. But, uh, yeah, it's like at the Oscars when we had the, the celebrities coming in with bodyguards and oh, through rope lines and saying yeah. that walls were bad. And our guns are bad. Yeah, you gun, you guns and walls, bad, bad. Except but, for me. But, yeah, so I think there's this 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 cache of CEOs or business leaders that are almost like lottery winners that they could tank it in a heartbeat. You see all these horror stories of someone who, you know, scraping by Austin gets $100 million and then blows it. Now what? Now what? Tom Anderson's doing well, with for every space, success story. There's you know five thousand. But failures. it's almost it's almost called the lottery curse. If if you look at the history of massive lottery winners, there are very few happy endings. Um, and that's I, true. And I think I think that may have contributed to the dot com bust. 
is dot coms didn't fail so much. It was the uh, the management of them. And I mean, after a while, people going, okay, you have to produce something. Give me something tangible for my investment. Yeah, it was uh, what uh, Greenspan called irrational ex exuberance. And, and you know, as, as these are bubble things that mm -hmm. fuel fuel bubbles. I mean, a lot of these companies had never earned a dollar profit at all ever. And yet they were able to raise tens well, of millions of dollars. Well, that's where I kind of get suspicious with the way the financial industry works especially when the internet was introduced because of the trades and how things are traveling and, and like information. And I, and I always go, I'm always like, I feel like this is all just made up and people just kind of like this hope no one turns it off because it's just all, it's all, it's not paper anymore. And it's not, we're not a gold standard anymore. It's just, it's what people put value in. Cause when someone tells me Facebook's worth this much and I'm like, there's no way that company makes that much money you know, what's well, their Facebook? Well, it, yeah, it, you like, know what? It's 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 also a gamble on the idea. You know, you can have a great company like Exxon Mobil. Well, look okay? at well, LinkedIn's a good example because it's in the same spectrum. Yeah, but their business is to make some money. It's a different like, if it's a different animal. It's not on that growth growth curve. But I think in our community here, most people would say that Exxon Mobil's one of the uh, country's great companies, right? Yeah, but they changed their name several times. Though. So well, they like, acquired Mobil, but it's one of the it's one of the United States great companies. And um, they're profitable. They've got a tremendous amount of cash on the balance sheet. And if someone comes along in a different industry, like in, uh, you know, uh, some other green in energy, I mean, they're going to buy up whoever oh, yeah. comes along. Chevy Volt, $10,000. Exxon stock today is worth less than it was more than a decade ago. Okay. And single stocks can, you know, it's not always indicative of, is that a good company or mm -hmm. not? Sometimes people make these, you got all these handicappers betting, oh, okay, I think Amazon's well, going to grow at what this about, like, rate. GE, because didn't GE get broken up? Well, are they sold off? Or, like they kind of. That's interesting that you say that. They didn't do a lot of smart decision making in the past twenty because years. Because GE has been. I mean, who would have ever thought that this company would be just going down the tube yeah. like it is and mm -hmm. being broken up and sold? I mean, it was a stalwart American great iconic company, and that's why we really caution people about how risky it is to put you know, single stock positions yeah. and, and companies that you think have the greatest story ever, okay? So, like, when we build portfolios, we'll have maybe 15,000 stocks in one portfolio because we're going to own a broad cross-section of all those companies. We're not going to say, okay, we're going to bet on this one or this one or this one or that one because, you know what, if you bet, if you, bet you look real smart for a little while, but um, you can also lose more money than you ever imagined was possible by betting on these individual companies. And it doesn't... They've got enough empirical evidence now from universities that have studied these stock pickers. And I'm talking about, you know, in the 80th story in New York building, a guy in a $5,000 suit and $3,000 pair of crocodile shoes. I mean, those guys, they don't pick stocks any better than a monkey throwing darts at a wall. It's not a responsible path to wealth creation to try to pick this stock or that stock. So uh, build a diversified portfolio own those asset categories, rebalance. And what, we've got 100 years of history showing that that works for people. Now, what about things that, local things that people can invest in? For example, like, I, always, I don't really understand the ins and outs, but a school bond. That's something that, from my understanding, you could, I could buy a school bond if school bonds are being voted. Like, for example, is not really voting one on right now for Connor ISD. You can buy That's one. A big one. Yeah, yeah. It's like school bonds almost always on. Yeah, when they need it, when they need a significant investment so like upgrades or new that's stadium. me. I can put money into that. You right? can. You <laughs> can. You can put money into that, and you may get some, uh, you know, tax-free uh, benefits on that bond. Being a local bond investor, the problem uh, for you, Dick, is you're a young guy, and that 
we're in a historically low interest rate environment. Oh, yeah. And so that bond is just not going to throw off. I'm thinking loan sharking. It's That's not, what I'm personally There you thinking. go. So it's not going to throw off an, uh, enough yield after inflation, which is called a real return. It's the return that you get minus inflation, minus fees. Mm -hmm. That's what's called a real return. And when you do the math on that, you're going to say, man, okay. So this, who buys these bonds? The, older people. Okay, that they're more interested in protecting what they have than growing it. But young guy like you, you got to say, hey, look. I want to make more money. You know, so my, my daughter is 25 years old. She okay. has a $14,000 Roth IRA. I have her in a tax-free ever account. And it's broad diversification. Owns almost 100% equities. And when the market goes crazy, that, that account's going to swing in the wind. Okay? Mm -hmm. But it doesn't matter for her. She's 25 years old. She's, it's not going to impact her. You know, when you get 55 years old, you know, you start looking at things differently. You start changing how you invest and what your risk profile is, and you become more concerned about hanging on to what you have versus trying to grow it. You're just so not what, tolerable of big swings. What other community things could you, would you, you don't have to suggest it, but I'm saying what other community things are there you're able to invest in? There's a, a, an amazing amount of things you can invest. There's a ton of things we don't touch at all, what I call sophisticated ways to lose your money. So you could you could get you a, a Scott Trade account or E Trade and you could start buying options. But that's not local. I'm talking about local stuff because like local. Well, like could you do something more along lines of could I loan people money? Is that legal? Sure, you can invest in a local business. Yeah, sure. like say someone comes down to a very neat community radio station and says, "Hey, I want to invest money." Is that legal or is that? Let me let me tell you in my observation of you know for a pretty good while now i'm not taking investments a lot a lot of people that really kind of make it they made a bet somewhere and yeah. usually it, it was on their themselves some sort of way with a business and they started a company and they they made a bet they put they put it all on the line well, that's you know, what because I did. it's tough to work a job and have earnings and pay taxes and raise family and you know and, and make enough and save enough it's tough to get ahead that way i'm not saying you can't do it people do it all the time i guess you can do franchises but, right well, is that we'll bring way? Josh Cherry on to talk about. Well, no, because he had a guy in that was a previous NFL football player. Pretty, I mean, he was in the system for a long time over there, the NFL, and he has like eighteen McDonald's. And so yeah. I'm thinking, all right, so if you're a low, if you want to keep your businesses local, I guess franchises is the easiest thing to jump in at. Well, if you have the if you have the money, yeah, yeah. However, uh, I'll just uh, you know, word of caution is that a lot of franchises, what you bought is a job, a job. You bought a job. Oh yeah. So you know, you're not there as an owner operator. When you have a company, that is a able to run in your absence. Okay. So um, that's my definition of what a real business is: is when it can operate, you know, in in your absence. Uh, other other than that, you know, a single solo practitioner. You know, if you have a Subway franchise mm -hmm. and you're the owner, okay, if you can, you know build up a manager there and you know and you can go away and that can run itself then that's i think of that more as a business if you don't have that you got a jail you got a job okay. anyway that makes total sense that's a, i like that demarcation point yeah well like i, I watched the series deadwood and what i loved about that series was it started the language it, it, start, it showed like the start of a town and like how government is kind of implemented how responsibilities of local people and one of the interesting was the bank like they created a bank because she had a huge gold mine that she discovered or inherited, or whichever way part of the story you want to watch. The Netflix? It's on HBO. It's an okay. older series. Is it good? Uh, it's. I mean, it's just really neat. I just it's like. It's a western. Seeing, in it, you know, it's when Wild Bill was murdered. I'd probably like it's it. Just that time period. Sounds like me. And there's like a lot of interesting things about towns and how things are discussed and planned. And I go, well, everything had a start, right? So like every entrepreneurial had a start. Every business had a start. Every town had a start. And you know, how, you ask the individual, like, how do you end up on top? 
And I'm like, do you just go to a smaller town and take advantage of what you've learned from the big city Houston? Or like, I think it's just kind of where do people go as an entrepreneur? Because that was probably one of my biggest decisions, where to put a radio station. Because I was like, I really want to do something community radio. I really want to be part of a community. And I identified the diversity here in Montgomery County where you have the woodlands and then you have smaller, smaller town, like small, small towns, like cut and shoot. And I'm like, those are the people who I want to be involved with. Yeah. And because there's a lot of opportunities in each area. Yeah. But what was cool. I love it. I mean, and, you know, and you're and you, you probably you guys probably have associations and trade shows and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I just say, hey, keep keep exposing yourself to other entrepreneurs and, you know, uh, people that stretch your thinking. And on the ride over here, I'm listening to a podcast of a company that built, uh, you know, a $35 billion, billion registered investment advisory firm. And I thought, oh, my God, that must have taken so five lifetimes. That mean he, they, I did it in 15 years. Does that wow. mean he moves around 35? Hmm? He that manages uh, $35 billion. So, okay. And then how wealth people make money, or the wealth managers make money is they, you know. We get a fee off a of fee. it. A yeah. fee. So, and the fee is dictated by how much money that was made? Well, it's, it's, it's on assets under management typically, but then we can do fees separately for financial planning. Okay. So, hey, uh, Sean, you gotta, you gotta, Sean and Dick. Yeah. Hey, guys, loved hanging out with you guys. Yeah, well, you uh, come back. I would love to come back. Yeah, because I got more business questions to ask, too. Yeah, we still got more stuff on the show. So Invite me back anytime. We're going to take a break real quick. And people can find you where? Say, say your website and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, um, the website is ProvidentWealthLLC.com. And our office phone number is 281-466-4843. We've got a link to the Shrimp Tank podcast on that. But it's at houston.shrimptankpodcast.com. Thanks Houston. so much, you guys. Houston.shrimptankpodcast.com. Yeah, I got to learn to say that pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to take a quick break, guys. It's only 1040. We'll be back. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Lone Star Community Radio is ready for the summer. If you or anyone you know is looking for a summer internship, Lone Star Community Radio is a great place to learn the radio and TV business. Contact the station at info at IRLoneStar.com or call the station's message line at 936-647-3776. Lone Star Community Radio offers a great opportunity to those interested in learning about the radio world. Lone Star Boxer Rescue is a nonprofit organization serving Montgomery County and surrounding areas dedicated to the health and well-being of the boxer breed. Lone Star Boxer Rescue is run and managed 100% by volunteers since 1999. Our main objective is to rescue, rehabilitate, and rehome boxers that come to us from any sources, including local animal shelters, owner surrenders, and strays. For more information about Lone Star Boxer Rescue, visit our website at lsbr.org.
All right. Boom. Boom. We're back. We got one more segment here on Mornings of Lone Star on IRLoneStar.com, Facebook Live, Mornings of Lone Star. It's working so far. And then, of course, Conrad's FM 104.5, 106.1, uh, 1042. Don't forget, if I know we had some technical issues for our video cast of today. So we always re-upload all of our shows in full form on our YouTube channel and then also on a uh, podcast format on iTunes and Google Play. So what did you think of that uh, guest we had? I, I liked him. I have a lot more actual business questions I oh. want to ask him. We just well, we'll got, get him back. We were it's like Daniel Goodwin squirrel today. With Whirl. the uh, Shrimp Tank Houston and also provi- uh, Provident Wealth Advisors. So Provident. Provident. Sorry, I can't. Why am I always the one that does it? I'm the one with, you know, dyslexia. Because you just want to make me look better. So that's, that's understandable. I set the bar low, and so every time <laughs> anything comes after is a lot better, right? Uh, we really appreciate our fans, uh, our listeners, in on Facebook. I'm gonna tell you, you need to start reading that because I can't keep up with these people. Okay. So. Uh, well, but, I, I went looking. I didn't well, see anything. Let's so. let's talk a little bit uh, about tomorrow because tomorrow we're gonna be back in the studio and we have a special guest. James Bebe. 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 If he were listening to us now, um, he would let us know. Oh, he'd be how like, "Hey, what the hell." Uh, so we're going to try uh, between now and then to get YouTube working fluently. It worked well, it worked well yesterday, so mm-hmm. I don't think suddenly likes us doing too much. I think it's the conspiracy theory is our topics are very controversial on the Mornings of Lone Star, so I think that's really what's going on. But he's going to be in the studio tomorrow, and he's running for president of the Repu- under the Republican flag. So if you have any questions for him, uh, reach out to us. It's not hard. We're at IRLoneStar.com slash MWLS. So we'd love to ask him. That's going to be live tomorrow on our YouTube, Facebook, and, of course, Lone Star Community Radio. Um, outside that, I mean, we're we're going in. Did you know I'm cooking crawfish for the first uh, – not first time. I'm the lead cook on crawfish no for someone's way. birthday. Hey, really? So I'm going to try something new, and I'm really looking forward to it. I've, I've probably watched about 10 boils or helped with 10 boils. And so now it's uh, – unfortunately, I'm the only one that knows – they go, does anyone know how to do it? I'm like, well, I know how to do it. Uh, I've, I've helped – so I'm kind of excited about it. And uh, that's not saying the people who are going to eat it are going to have horrible crawfish because it's really not hard to screw up boiling crawfish. Well, h- how hard is it? I think the only thing that from what I have understood is it depends on how much you're making and how much you're able to make at a time. Because if you're doing like, you know, 500 pounds, you need to be able to make 500 pounds at a good consistent rate. Because gotcha. if you just have a little pot, it's gonna be, that's going to be horrible. So uh, that's one thing I... You have a little saucepan. Yeah, that's the only way. And so I think it just depends. Because I've been involved with boils as big as where they had a crane for the boiler. And when it literally attaches to a heavy-duty truck and it has an electric crane, you push a button and it lowers it in, lowers it out. So, uh, and but we're just doing a normal boil. I think it's going to be a 20... I think it's a 20-pound pot. I don't really know yet. I I guess i got to figure that one out. But uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And I really like crawfish. And we're gonna we're checking out this place on 1488. I'll, actually, I'm gonna give them a call after this see if they want to call in tomorrow and tell us a little bit about their business because they do. It sounds like the guy, guy goes text me whenever on the website. So we texted him like at 8 p.m. and I, he answered. I was like, oh man, this guy's working around the clock. So uh, yeah, we're doing 40 pounds. Okay. So Can't three three twenty five a pound. I don't know if that's good. Listen, is that good when you're buying crawfish? They're uh, large to medium size. So I don't know if that means they're runts. I have I no have, idea. I have no actually. So like if you go over, if you go over here to Pacific to eat them, mm-hmm. they make them for you. I think it was six ninety nine a pound. That included potatoes and corn. 
Uh, I know that there's Wolfies down in the Woodlands area, which they have like a special where it's like four or five ninety nine a pound. Yeah. So it's a good range. So three twenty five, but I'm cooking. So that's the difference. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. And we'll see. We'll see. So that's uh, that's what's really I'm gearing up for this weekend. So and spending time with my dad. Cool. Oh, so. well, sweet. he lives. He, he conveniently lives uh, across the way from this guy where I'm cooking. So conveniently for me. Because I need to sleep somewhere. Because you know me, I, I like to like to have a good time. So and I have bowling tonight. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. Oh, that's that. right. It's Thursday. I want to I want to also inform folks. Uh, they're they're starting a new league on Tuesdays at 300 Bowl. It's basically two games and then Bakers with threes. So I know that sounds really foreign if you never played bowling. What it is is your team of three and you bowl two regular games and then the next three games is Baker style, which is really interesting. What you do is your teammates, right? Mm-hmm. So you have three people. The first person bowls the first frame, second person bowls the second frame, third person bowls the third frame, and you keep switching. So it's very it's very fun because if you're a variety of of skills, you try to you know we try to connect the strikes and everything. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of pressure on Holly, you know, like get that strike, you got to get that. So and if you're course, interested, it's fifteen dollars a game uh, a week, and then we pay out at the end. It's ten weeks, really short. Go. How how are the t-shirts coming along? You're getting polo shirts made, aren't you? So we don't already got them made. I didn't show you those pictures. I need, I'll put them on the computer tomorrow. I'll yeah. show it to you. So, Post yeah, over, over at Brain Iron, they made them for us, and we have extras. So I can make you a shirt if you're interested. Uh, fart knockers with a unicorn bowling. So it's it's pretty interesting stuff, and so that's going on. <laughs> Very exciting. We uh, we had the tournament last week, and I hope I find the results today, and we got multiple com- uh, compliments on it. Awesome. So This is really, like, kicking off for you, isn't it? This is fun. It's, it's nice fun. when you find a, a pastime or a hobby or even a career that maybe you didn't know you'd It love, changes it you... up, that's for sure. Uh-huh. And uh, what's what's interesting is uh, out my one of my best friends, Alan, and I started watching bowling. So, like, on the weekends, usually on Sundays at 2 p.m., there's usually on FS1 the bowling match that's going on. So it's really interesting to watch that and then see where how they do their, you know, bowling styles and things. And then you see us. We're like, oh, man, this, this is completely different. But I imagine it's the same thing with golf and other sports that a lot of people are involved with, but there's only a small amount that are really good at it. So, Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, so you need to come with me one time. I, I will. I absolutely will. I could, the problem is it can't be a tourney night because I'm just a horrid bowler. So I'd be well, that's what – I mean, that's what I love about the league, the two leagues on Thursday and uh, Tuesday is it's, there's an average. They have a handicap average. So well, I would, I it's would always competitive. It's always that. competitive. So you're never like. Well, I'm competitive, but I just I don't have the skills. No, now, I mean, if you put those bumpers up. I, man, no, I mean the game will be competitive. Oh, okay. Because you're because if a scratch bowler, you'd be almost be equivalent to a scratch bowler because mm-hmm. they have a handicap for you. That that would be me. So there's there's always my favorite one. Uh, my favorite games is when it comes down to Holly being good because she hates it. She's like, I, I don't don't look at me while I'm doing this. I was like, you have to bowl. 20 above your average for us to kick their butts. And they and some people get so pissed when they see when the Holly's up, it's like, oh, mess up, mess up. So she loves it. The cutthroat world of, of local bowling. Local league. You know, some of these folks. And I, this is what I love. Like uh, time, time to spare out and cut and shoot. It's a wonderful facility, but it's just it's the craziest people bowling. It really is. And the so there you go. But don't forget tomorrow, let's uh, wind down the show. Tomorrow we will be back into the studio uh, around 9 o'clock. We're trying to try to get everything working uh, well on YouTube and Facebook, so make sure to whatever your favorite way to tune in is, is we'll try to do that for you. We have the future president coming in, 
Or I guess it, we can't so advertise have, like that. You have one every yeah, day. Yeah, so we have to say uh, we have uh, our first political debate between runner-up or two third runner-up. Two United States presidential candidates will be in the studio tomorrow, that's possibly with a meeting of the wills. Yeah, that's so much fun. And uh, Brett, beer league is the correct term for every day for me. Yeah, so, uh, every day is beer league. Yeah, every day is beer league. But thank you for tuning in, guys. Uh, we have a lot of fun on the show, and uh, we look forward to having you tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be... What, uh, when's Jay coming on? We got, we schedule him. Oh, okay. So he's the polite guest. Who you guys, tell me when you would like me to come in, because I would like to come well, in. Well, we will start putting out... Yeah. We, we, have, we have those who we like having on the show, but they don't. They, they feel that they don't want to impose themselves. So I will be doing the invitations. To, to those who we want to bring back on the show. Yeah, I'd love to have Brett, you. you know who you are. I'll be. You know I'm not threatening. Yeah, we will present uh, invitations to you. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, so uh, to give a special shout, though, to today's show's partners, we have Bean Punk Coffee in Montgomery and in Conroe. So there's two locations now, folks, so no excuse not to have delicious coffee with Bean Punk Coffee. And then there's Creative Content Creation, C3Memories.com. For all of your uh, saving your memories, so photos and videos, c3memories.com, and then also other creative content things you need to happen, like what else? PR stuff. What, yeah, what? if it's creative and tangible, he does it. We do it. Or we do it. That's right. We do it. Yeah. Not me. Uh, and then there's Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. All your office cleaning needs, folks, in the Montgomery County area, looking for daily cleanings, monthly cleanings. They kind of work with what you need. So that's cleansweepofficecleaning.com. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Mornings Lone Star, Lone Star Community Radio's Montgomery County Community Radio Station. And we will see you tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio, IRLoneStar.com, or uh, YouTube and all that kind of stuff. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you later. Thanks for checking out this show on Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. This show is owned and produced by Lone Star Community Radio and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. For more information about this show, to be a guest or to sponsor, just contact the studio at 936-647-3776 to leave a message or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com.